0: Bill and Sherry Miller are a gift to the body of Christ in our city. Bill is the Secretary Treasurer of the Ministerial Alliance. And since he got involved with the help of his wife, the alliance has like doubled in involvement and in attendance. And I think last Sunday night's offering may have broken a record. I'm not sure. Anyway, Bill's going to be bringing us the word. And I anticipate one day he's going to write a book on the subject. Bill, come right on, brother. Bring us the word today. Good morning. Good morning. Let's pray over the word this morning and start out asking God to be here and be involved in this. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you for this day. We lift up the word to you, God, and we ask you to open our ears to hear, open our eyes to see, God, as we open your word to look in it and learn something today. Father, pray that your spirit would be here, would speak through me, God, and that we would uh, leave here different than when we came. Amen. Y'all have survived three days of eating 20-something football games Here you are God bless you for coming this morning And uh, I'm going to talk about Thanksgiving Uh, We have a holiday We all enjoyed this last Thursday It's my favorite holiday, how about you? I mean, I like Christmas and I like some of the other days too But Thanksgiving, there's something about Thanksgiving For one thing, we get Thursday and Friday off, right? That's, That's a good thing But Um It's been a special day for some hundreds of years. You know, it goes back to the pilgrims and all the way back into there. The people that started Thanksgiving, which eventually became a national holiday, um, the people that started Thanksgiving were Christians. It's always been a Christian holiday, even though most of the people that celebrate Thanksgiving don't realize it's a Christian holiday. You know, it doesn't have Jesus in the name. It doesn't have Christ associated with it. It's just called Thanksgiving, right? And people thank, or, or, you know, they say, thank you for whatever it is that they're grateful for. But it's not really that they're thanking God. They don't even know God. It's just uh, they're just thankful that they have something. They're thankful they have a new car. They're thankful they have money or whatever it is they're thankful for. But we have a unique understanding of what Thanksgiving is all about. It's about thanking God. It's a day that was set aside by Christians that we would acknowledge that we have a lot to be thankful for. Amen. The thing is, though, one day isn't really what the Bible talks about. It talks about being thankful all the time. Do you have that list of scriptures? I have ten favorite scriptures. And actually, to introduce this, you got those scriptures back there? Actually, there's a list of scriptures around here somewhere. This is the list I'm looking for if you have it here somewhere you all have this list right here? There's ten of my favorite scriptures. There's way more scriptures in the Bible about Thanksgiving than those ten. But I picked out those ten years ago. And I want to tell you how I got to it. Because some years ago, about the time of the recession. Anybody remember the recession? It's been so long ago you probably forgot about it. I haven't forgotten about it. Um, Because in 2007, 2008 we went through some things, and and I was looking around, searching the word and asking God. I mean, it's, it's not that we were suffering or anything like that, but we, we did have some setbacks during the recession. And so I was asking God what to do about it. And uh, along about that time in there somewhere, I was watching Christian television one day, and I saw a particular pastor that we study with, and he was teaching on the subject of Thanksgiving. I never had really thought about it before. I've looked at all these Thanksgiving scriptures many times, as I'm sure you have. And usually I just passed over them. There's one in particular there that says... <clears throat> excuse me. I might need some water for this thing. It's... Hebrews 13.15 was the one that I wanted to point out to you that's on this list. Uh, it says, let us continually give thanks to the name of Jesus. When I see a word like continually in the Bible, I wonder... Well, what what does that mean? How how can you continually? Thanks. How can you continually do anything? Continually—that's a strong word. But it says continually, and it's not really saying. Well, we suggest that you continually uh, give thanks in the name of Jesus. It just says continually give thanks in the name of Jesus. How do you do some of this stuff? In any event, this particular pastor that, that we like to watch was teaching on the subject of Thanksgiving. He taught for five days, 30-minute segments, and as I was watching this pastor teach it, this is back in about 2007 or 8, it became a revelation for me personally. You know, before the Word can do anything in your life, it has to become personal for you. You have to take ownership of it. You have to see a concept in the Word, and you have to say, oh, I understand that. That's for me. I can operate on that. I take that, and now I believe it. I release my faith over it, and we watch it work in our lives. So that's what happened that, that week with me. And he mentioned that he had like 15 or 17 uh, teachings on it back at his church. So I went to his church archives, and I looked to, at all of his teachings on the subject. And so I'm teaching out of that body of, of information that I got at that time, because it became a big deal for us. We did this list of scriptures. We put these... uh, Let's see, you have all ten of them? In one summary, they're all on separate slides. Well, get a hold of this because here's a list of all ten of them. We put them on our refrigerator at the time. And we'd walk by there and we'd say, Thank you, God. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. And we got in the habit of thanking God because there's power in thanksgiving. Our ministry... It's called Make away Ministries. And um, it's an empowerment ministry. That's what we like to do. We like to empower people, particularly in the area of finances. And uh, <clears throat> that's what I want to do today, is to impart to you something that came to us. We've used it. We've used it to bring power into our lives. We've used it to bring victory into our lives. And it's a simple thing. It's just becoming... Um, acclimated in your life or to have the custom of thanking God for things instead of complaining to God for things. Most of us complain about things that we don't have when we need to be thanking God for what we do have. The Bible says that God is the author of all things that are good. If there's anything good in your life, it came from God. The devil doesn't give good things. People don't give good things. We try, but we don't really, without the power of God, we can't do good things. Amen? All good things come from God. So, I began to read these scriptures. And before I heard this guy, I used to wonder, why were there so many scriptures in the Word of God about thanksgiving? Why did God need for His people to thank Him all the time? Does He have an ego thing? Or what? what is it that the Word... I mean, because these ten scriptures are just a few of them. You could find 50 in the New Testament alone about thanking God and why, you know, why we should and how often we should and when we should. Uh, we are to be firmly rooted in Christ, establishing our faith and overflowing with thanksgiving. That's Colossians 2.7. I'm not going to go over all these scriptures, but just let me pick out a couple. Give thanks always for all things to God, the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 4, verse 2. We are to devote ourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with the attitude of thanksgiving. Anyway, it goes on and on and on and on. Why is thanksgiving mentioned so many times, especially in the New Testament? Why is that there so many times? I wanted to know what was the answer to that question. Um, Does God need it? There's no doubt that he's worthy, right? That's what I always used to think that Thanksgiving was a religious exercise, that because God is worthy, because God is big, because God is awesome, because God does everything, that we should give him Thanksgiving because after all, we're just human beings. And who are we? We should thank him and get on with it, right? That's what I used to think. How about you? Anybody here with me on that? Otherwise, why is it in there so much? Well, come to find out. (laughs) At least that's what this is what happened to me. Um, when you look at the New Testament, th- this is my reduction of it. When you look in the New Testament, the New Testament's not full of commandments. It's not full of laws. The law was fulfilled. The law was set aside. Now we have a new covenant that's based on grace and faith. Amen. So when I read the New Covenant now, when I read the New Testament, I want to find out. Why are these things in there? What's what's the purpose of it? And what I've come to the conclusion is that the New Testament is full of instructions. You don't have to do them. We don't have to do them. But the Bible is there saying to us, you need to be thankful. You need to do it continually. You need to do it uh, when you're rising up, when you're going down, when you're eating, when you're not eating, when whatever. How do you do that? Well, why are those instructions there? Why are there instructions in the New Testament? If they're not commandments, if they're not suggestions, they're not suggestions, right? It's not written, let we suggest that you be thankful. You don't see it that way. It says, be thankful continually. It says, be thankful uh, for everything. Um, everything created by God is good and should be received with thanksgiving. Everything. Some things don't seem so good sometimes, but everything should be received with thanksgiving. Well, my conclusion from this is that it's for our own good. There's something that comes to us when we develop an attitude of thanksgiving. The guy that, uh, that I was watching on television, he calls it living a lifestyle of thanksgiving. You have to develop it because we don't come naturally to a lifestyle of thanksgiving. The flesh doesn't like to thank anybody for anything, right? It's something we have to work on. It's something that, that you say, I'm going to become grateful. I'm going to become thankful. I'm going to, every time I can think about it, I am going to thank God for something. When Sherry and I pray, we always start by thanking God for whatever is happening in our lives. We always start our prayer with thanking God. And we've worked really hard to become people who have a lifestyle of thanksgiving, people who are grateful for what God is doing in our lives. We're grateful that we're in Granberry. We're grateful that we're involved in ministerial alliance. We're grateful that we're in this church. We're grateful that we know Alan. We're grateful that we know y'all. We're grateful that we know y'all. You see what I mean? When you look at it, there's so much to be grateful for, yet what do most of us do? Most of us focus on the stuff that's bad, right? That's the stuff that gets our attention. What's bad? What's difficult? And in our case, we have a, uh, a financial counseling ministry. So usually the people that are coming to us are people that have financial issues that they're trying to overcome. That's difficult. It's bad for them at that time. Um, Do you know what Jesus taught about more than any other subject? Finances. Almost two-thirds of the Psalms are about finances or property. Do you know what the number one topic in the Bible is? Finances. 2,350 scriptures are about finances in one form or another. It's very important in scripture because our finances is real important to us, right? Finances are important. If we don't have our finances where they need to be, then we suffer about it until we can get them there. It gets our attention. We get before God, God, what's going on with my finances? I need need to get some help here. And so that's what our ministry is all about. We, um, let me see, we started in 1987. So how many years is that? 28 years? We're about to be 28, 29 years in financial counseling. And what we... Our area of financial counseling is to help people that have problems, that have, like they're in court or they're, they're really a serious problem. We're not just a budgeting ministry or something, although that's, that's a good ministry. But um, having financial problems is not a good thing. But my point this morning is that by developing a lifestyle of thanksgiving, it will affect your finances. It will affect every area of your life there's a reason why those scriptures are there, because it empowers us. It empowers you. If you can develop this attitude of thanksgiving, and that's how you live your life, then it starts to become continuous, because that's who you are. You're a person of thanksgiving. You're a person of gratitude. And no matter what happens in your life, if it's negative, you don't focus on it. You say, that came from the devil. It came from another person. It came from the world. It came from something, but I'm not going to focus on that. I'm going to focus on what God's doing. And I'm going to say, God, thank you for this church. Thank you for whatever. But I'm going to look for things that I can be grateful for. We just bought a house. I'm thanking God for the new house. Um, we rented when we first came out here. We, uh, I'm originally from, from Dallas. And I went to Texas Tech. And then in 19, for a long time ago, 1968 I think 64, I went to work for a big company I left Texas and was gone for 40 years and we only came back a couple of years ago and God brought us to Granbury, now we had no idea we were coming to Granbury we thought we were going to the Metroplex, right? We have a national ministry we're kind of tapering down a little bit, but we still have a national ministry, so we thought well, we'll go where the people and the traffic are. Once we saw the traffic, we said, God, we don't think that you want us here. <laughs> and we were looking around for where, where where did God want Where did we have a peace about coming? And we had come here a number of times on vacation in the years leading up to uh, 2012 when we moved here. When we left Miami, we sold our house for top dollar. It's a long testimony, and I won't uh, go into all the details, but it, the, there's a long testimony about how we got here. It was a sovereign thing that God brought us here. We almost immediately got involved in the ministerial alliance, and that's been, there you go. That's the whole list right there. That's the whole list of, of um, the ten scriptures. You have copies of those, I think. Um, and as I said a while ago, that's just the 10 that I picked. I could have picked 10 others or 20 others. But in any event, um, to finish my little testimony, God brought us here to Granbury. And and we're, we're grateful to be in Granbury. Let me tell you something. We <laughs> Sherry's from Miami. I lived in Miami for 30-something years. There's 5 million people over there. You know, it's sort of like the Metroplex. And... Uh, I lived there so long, I had forgotten what it was like to be in a small town. And uh, we're just really grateful to be here. We were grateful to be involved in a parade the other night where there was 20-something churches that put exhibits in that parade. Do you realize that? And do you realize how how many towns there are in the country that can do something like that? There was a guy that was in our group. We were in a family group there watching the parade. He said, well, I'm... I'm just amazed at what goes on in Granbury because where I live, which was outside of Houston, they would never allow anything like this with churches involved and Christians talking openly about their Christianity. It's great to be here. It could be a lot worse, amen? Well, I'm thankful about that. I'm really grateful to be here. And I want to show you this morning a couple of scriptures. Now, the, the, the time is limited in these services, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you part of this message in this service. I'm going to give another part in the next service. And uh, I guess if you want to get the whole thing, you have to get the tape. Do you have tapes, CDs? Okay, so get the tape because there's another thing I'm going to share in the next, uh, you know, in the next service. But I, if you would look with me at one scripture here, which is Psalm 50, verse 23. Got that one over there. I'm going to prove to you in Scripture that Thanksgiving is for your own good. It's for my own good. It's for our own good. Whoever offers praise glorifies me, and to him who orders his conduct aright, I will show the salvation of God. Let's see. That's not quite the right one. Is that? Okay, that's New King James. You got um, New American Standard back there? It's worded a little bit different, and that's the one. Okay. He who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving giving honors me. And to him who orders his way aright, I will show the salvation of God. Now, look at this verse with me for a second. A sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me. Capital M there. Who is me there in that sentence? God. He who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving, honors me, God, and to him who orders his way aright, I shall show the salvation of God. Salvation there means deliverance. In, in, in addition, the the Hebrew word for salvation there means deliverance. It means healing. It means salvation, eternal life. Uh, it, it's a very large word there. But what is a sacrifice of thanksgiving? A sacrifice is something you do when you'd rather not do it, right? So this says... He who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me. Well, I would think that honoring God is a pretty good deal. Now, this is an Old Testament scripture. Just because the law has been fulfilled and it's passed away doesn't mean the principles of the kingdom that were established in the Old Covenant aren't still principles, right? This is a principle. This is a principle that says, if you offer up a sacrifice of thanksgiving to me, God... I shall show you the salvation of God. I'm going to to give you something really great. I'm going to make a way for you. I'm going to open doors for you. I'm going to show you something special if you honor me. Well, the sacrifice part of it means that you're thanking God when you don't feel like thanking God. Right? That's one way to sacrifice it. When you don't feel like thanking God, the flesh never feels like thanking God, so you're going to have to overcome your flesh just to get to the point where you're willing to thank God for something. You're going to have to open up your eyes and see the good in your life instead of focusing on the bad. One way to not focus on the bad in your life is to be a grateful person, because it forces you to focus on what's good. We want to focus on what's good. I do. Because if I focus on what's bad, I'm going to worry about it. I'm going to get somebody anxious about it. How's this going to work out? So, he who offers the sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me, and to him who orders his way right, I shall show the salvation of God. Now, I want to show you another verse that goes with this to prove my point, which is First Samuel 2.30. Both of these are Old Testament scriptures, but the principle is established there. That's 1 Samuel 2, verse 30. Okay. Therefore the Lord God of Israel declares, I did indeed say that your house and the house of your father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord declares, far be it from me. For those who honor me, go on with the rest of it, I will honor. And those who despise me will be lightly esteemed. The principle here is this. If you honor God, he will honor you. How do I honor God? By the sacrifice of thanksgiving. By having an attitude of thanksgiving. By having a lifestyle of thanksgiving. By focusing on what God does, I honor him. By focusing on the good things in my life, I honor him. Just keep it up there for a second, that part there. Could you? There you go. Because I want to make the other point. There's only two choices here. I can honor, all right, or and if I honor him, he will honor me, which, which is real important. I'm going to tell you what that word means in Hebrew in just a minute. But the alternative is, if I don't honor him, he will despise me. I, well, that's Old Testament. I don't want God despising me, right? It's, it's a principle, even though he's not going to despise me because I know Jesus. And uh, because I know Jesus, he's, you know, I've, I've got favor, I've got grace because I know Jesus. Everybody know what grace is, right? Grace is the favor of God. It is the empowerment of God. The Christian has empowerment to accomplish certain things in the kingdom of God, which is called grace. So I have grace. God's going to love me. But the principle is, if I can honor Him, there's something that's going to come back to me. That's the principle. That's the way God works. I need to connect to His grace. His empowerment. I need to connect to that. How do I do that? I do that by becoming more spiritually perceptive. How do I do that? I do that by honoring Him. What comes back to me is ability to perceive things. I honor God, and He's going to honor me. I honor Him with thanksgiving. That's all I have to do is be grateful. Just be grateful. Just be thankful for what God has done. Which is multitudinous. There's so many things I can't even see them all. Because I don't have a spiritual perception to see all of the good things. Even though I've been working on it. But what I want to tell you about that word honor there is this. That Hebrew word there, it's a, let me look it up because I forget it. The English spelling, the English pronunciation of it is Cowbad kalbad, Or Kalbadi, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but It's um, pronounced as if it were spelled K-O-W-B-A-D-E. And it means the bestowing of riches. And it's not just riches. It's heavy riches. There's the connotation in this word in Hebrew that when God honors us, he honors us with abundance, with heavy, in this case, heavy riches. That's what the word says. I didn't write this. This is the Hebrew word that's used there. It's about finances. Some people want to say, well, it's more than finances, Bill. It's also about spiritual things. Yeah, it could be about spiritual things, but the word is talking about finances. Because in God's mind, he knows that we attach a great deal of value to our finances. So when he honors us, in the Old Testament, it was always going to be with financial stuff. The Old Testament talks from the beginning to the end about financial blessing usually the blessings that came from god were financial in the new testament now it's expanded but finances is still included it's not excluded new testament blessings include finances but this is the thing that i'm trying to convey here that if if we will just work at being grateful just try to remember what god has done for us begin to speak it out with our mouths Then, as time goes on, we'll become people who are grateful, who are by nature grateful. It'll become like habit. It'll become something, as the guy said, like a lifestyle. And we become grateful people. As we're grateful people, things will change. I can tell you from personal experience, things will change just by making an effort to be thankful. Just by making an effort to be grateful. Um... I don't want God despising me. He's not going to despise me. He's He loves me. He loves you. And uh, he's going to love you no matter what you do. He's going to love you. He sent Jesus to take care of that. And um, <clears throat> those who love him in return, if you think about it, if you love him in return, guess what? You don't have to go through judgment. Right? All you have to do is say the name of Jesus. Jesus is my advocate. So I don't have to go through that. So by honoring God, by accepting Jesus, God gave something back to me. He gave me back heavy riches. He gave me salvation. He gave me healing. He gave me deliverance. Through through Christ, God always responds when we honor him. You honor him by being here today. Some folks are probably tired because you've been through all that football and the food and whatever. But you honor him by being here today. It's no accident that you're here, right? It was planned from the foundation of the world that you'd be here today to hear this little message. Um, I've written uh, probably 50 articles in my newsletter, which is called Prosperous Life Newsletter. A- at least 50 articles on this subject. I'm only giving you, like, the very tip of, of the revelation that I have on this subject of Thanksgiving. It's become a major thing for us. And... uh Alan reads my newsletter, so I think that's why he asked me to come and talk about Thanksgiving, because he's, you know, he's seen that I've written all these articles. Um, I, I think I want to, I, I want to conclude just by by summarizing this this fact or, or these points. Um, the New Testament is full of instruction, right? That's what I said a while ago. We have the tendency as human beings to pass over some of that stuff. If we don't understand it the first time we read it or the first two times we read it, we just pass over it and we say, oh, someday I'll go back and I'll study that and I'll try to figure out what that means. But right now I don't know what it means to be continuously grateful. God says if you come to a point in the New Testament and you don't get it don't pass over it. The fact that you don't get it means you should stop and meditate on it until you get it. Because every single instruction is there for your benefit, for my benefit. It wouldn't be there if it's not there for us to get something back from it, for us to profit from it, if you will, just to use a a financial term. But it's there so that we can be empowered. Those those things are there so that we can be Victorious Christians, not defeated Christians. Christians are supposed to be victorious, I think. Some people might argue with me about that. It depends on what church you go to and what your traditions are. My tradition is I believe God wants victory for my life. Not just financial victory, but victory in every area, spirit, soul, and body. And I'm not settling for less than victory in every area of life. So if I come to something in the Word... And I don't understand it I'm going to sit and meditate on it till I do get it or I'm you know I might give up after a month but but I'm going to really try to understand it and uh, one of the things that's been really helpful to me about this subject of Thanksgiving is writing a a, a newsletter because if you write something or teach something or preach something or whatever you do um, it, it causes you to learn it a lot more because in order to be able to teach something you have to learn it the Old rule of thumb was ten times better than the the student. So, um, you know, it's been very helpful to me. Everything in the New Testament is an instruction, and it's there for our benefit. Um, God's trying to get something across to us. He's always trying to get something. The Holy Spirit is in each person. If you're born again and you're here today, the Holy Spirit is in you. And he's trying to impart something to you. He's the teacher. John chapter 14 verse 26 says that it's the Holy Spirit that teaches us all things. Right? It's the Holy Spirit. A lot of people think, well, let me see how to say this. I don't want to get controversial. But um, a lot of people think, well, God caused this difficulty to come in my life. He caused this divorce or he caused this death or he caused... My finances to go down to get my attention or whatever. Personally, I don't believe that. I don't believe that comes from God. I believe God brings good things. The enemy brings bad things. The world brings, brings bad things. People bring bad things. Because we're pretty corrupted. Um, but we're trying to be better. God wants us to be better. God's trying to teach us stuff. And he uses the Holy Spirit. He doesn't. Go back to the curse. If you look in Deuteronomy chapter 28, everybody knows in Deuteronomy chapter 28, the first 14 verses are about the blessings of God in the Old Covenant. If you obey God, then you receive blessings. And the first 14 verses are about the blessings. From verse 15 all the way to the end of Deuteronomy chapter 28 are the curses. Where it says in Galatians chapter 3, and I think it's about verse 13 That I have been redeemed from the curse of the law. That means to me that God is not going to use those curses back in Deuteronomy chapter 28 of my life. The enemy can. But I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. So when the curse tries to get on me, whatever it is, I don't care. If it's sickness, flu, whatever, I'm going to fight it. I'm not saying that I'm successful 100% of the time. I'm not just going to lay back and say, okay, do your, you know, have your way. I'm going to fight it because it's from the curse. And my Bible says I've been redeemed from the curse of the law because I've accepted Jesus as my Lord. I hope you get the idea today. I have another verse for the next service. And um, I just want to pray. I think maybe there's people here. Maybe you think... um, Shake, you want to come on up, and I'm going to close this off here. We could have spent hours on this subject. this is just hitting the top, like I said a while ago. I hope you got something out of it. If there's people here if you if you want to just think for a minute and say, "Wait, wait, wait a minute did did he say something to me, did he say something?" That's helpful to me. Have I been a little too gripey in my relationship with God? Have I blamed God for some of the stuff that maybe came from the world or the enemy? Have I been unhappy (laughs) because I didn't think God showed up at a certain, certain time? If you just bow your heads for a second, close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes. If there's anybody here today and you feel like maybe you'd like to do 2015 a little bit different than you have been, maybe you have been a little grumpy with God, would you just acknowledge that to him? Don't look around. Just raise your hand. Let me see if anybody receives something today that you'd like to maybe try a little harder. You can put them down. Thank you. I see all those hands. I want to tell you that it's not easy to develop a lifestyle of thanksgiving. It doesn't come natural, like I said a while ago. But it's possible. It wouldn't be there in the word if it wasn't possible. It wouldn't say continuously be grateful if it were impossible to be continuously grateful. We're the ones, though, that have to work at it. We have to put ourselves in a position where we can Receive the instructions of the New Testament. Of the New Covenant. So I want to pray over that. Father you saw those hands this morning. Not only that God. You see the hearts of the people who have heard this message today. It's a short message God. But it's something that's dear to your heart. Father we acknowledge that. Thanksgiving is not in your New Covenant. Just as a religious exercise. But God it's there for us. It's there for For our instruction. It's there for our benefit. And God, I just want to lift this word up to you today. And ask you to help those, God, who are serious about making a change in their lives, Lord. To help them, facilitate them, empower them. All of us, God, to be more grateful. To see that Thanksgiving is not just one day in the year. But it's something for all the days of the year. It's a major priority, and God, we need your help to be able to see that so that we can develop to be who you are, who, who you want us to be. God, help us to see that thanksgiving is empowerment, God, that it makes it possible for us to achieve things in the kingdom of God that we wouldn't otherwise be able to achieve. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you cause it to be written, God, so that we have something to go to. And to check on how we're performing, God, versus some standard. Thank you for that, and thank you for Jesus. God, we're full of thanksgiving today as we go forth from this place. And we praise you for your word. In Jesus' name, everybody, said amen. Thank you. God bless you.